Audi. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, happy Christmas, everyone. I'm Lisa Francesca Nand, and you're listening to the Big Travel Podcast Christmas Special 2020. This is our third Christmas special, and, well, what can we say about 2020? Who envisaged that the world would be locked down? And in terms of travel, well, you know, it really did feel like an amazing feat to just get to the end of the road sometimes. That felt like a bit of a miracle, let alone jetting off to another country on an aeroplane. So it has certainly been a, a turbulent year for many. And also I've, I've found a time of reflection as we've been forced to slow down and spend an awful lot more time at home. I don't know how you guys feel at spending time at home. I'm never, I've never been a great person for spending time at home. I like to be out and about and doing things. And I think whether you're a regular traveller or just used to going to work every day even, that has been hard for many people. I always say that people travel for many reasons. When I'm talking about travel on TV and radio and we talk about travel bans, you know, which has been a very big feature of this year and people do travel for many reasons. It's not just about a holiday. Of course, there's nothing wrong with a holiday. You know, I absolutely love them and we all need the chance to relax and recuperate. But we live in such an international world these days that not being allowed to travel and and even leave the house, not being allowed to leave the house during the worst of the lockdowns has not just been about the cancelled holidays that, that we've missed and the chances to explore and relax, all that more shallow side of travel. It's meant that many of us have been apart from the friends and the family and the people and also the places we love. So it's not always been easy for me as well. And my heart goes out to all of you who might have struggled with this. I know many of us will not be where we want to be or where we usually are this Christmas and might be missing people. I'm missing my mum and dad. I'm normally with them in Spain and my big brother, who's in LA. But this year I'm spending Christmas back here in the UK in a new life and a new town, actually, in Brighton on the coast because my family and I have moved from London down here to the seaside. So we started off the year in terms of the big travel podcast with the lovely India Hicks. I've been lucky enough to record the India Hicks podcast, which is a delightful look into the life of of India and her mother, Lady Pamela Hicks's extraordinary life and family. India is the granddaughter of Lord Mountbatten and her mum, Lady Pamela Hicks, is the daughter of Lord Mountbatten. She's 91 and she has the most amazing stories to tell. She was bridesmaid to the Queen and India was bridesmaid to Diana. They've just got some brilliant stories. Anyway, India usually spends Christmas in the Bahamas where she's been for, I think, over 25 years now. I'm India Hicks. I grew up in England, but I live in the Bahamas. And everybody always asks us about our Christmas, because I think an English Christmas, a British Christmas, has so many obvious moments to it. 
actually, we find ourselves in the Bahamas carrying on an awful lot of the traditions that we would have in England. So we have hot mince pies. We do have a homemade Christmas cake. We certainly have a big Christmas lunch. There are Christmas crackers on the table that I carry out from Waitrose. And we do have a Christmas pudding that we do set alight and we do put a tuppence inside of it and someone inevitably breaks a tooth. But all of this is happening under palm trees in great heat. So it's a very funny Christmas. And I always think, how will my children look back? Because there's a time of year where you begin to hear those Christmas songs and you think of Father Christmas and you think of snow and reindeer. But my children will only think of pink sand beaches and turquoise water. So it will be interesting to know what they'll think later. I think I've probably had more tropical Christmases than I have had cold Christmases by now. But it's a very British Christmas in the Bahamas. As I mentioned, India was Princess Diana's bridesmaid and her mother, Lady Pamela Hicks, was also the Queen's bridesmaid. So it seems quite fitting to go from one royal connection to another. And Princess Diana's brother, Charles Spencer, came on the podcast and he was such a delight. If you haven't listened to his episode, please find it. It's only a few weeks ago. He talks about memories of childhood Christmases in the family stately home. My name's Charles Spencer, and my Christmas memory is from my family's stately home, Althorpe, which, of course, makes me sound incredibly entitled and privileged. But what I can remember was a, a childhood memory of being here at Christmas and my father and stepmother presiding over an, an annual Christmas party for the people who work here. And my stepmother didn't really like Christmas. And I remember everyone gathering on the stairs to sit there with their glasses of mulled wine and with their mince pies and everything. And everyone was expecting the local choir to come in as usual and do their renditions of Good King Wenceslas or whatever. But my stepmother decided that there was no longer a time for this. And she had asked in the local amateur operatic society. And I'll never forget the moment of stunned surprise when this man came in in full Western outfit and started singing in in deep bass, uh, Old Man River. It was so brilliantly, crazily, Englishly wrong. Uh, It's a memory of Christmas that I'll keep forever. Christmas at Oldthorpe sounds absolutely wonderful. And of course, even if you don't have a stately home, a lot of us do like to stay at home at Christmas and something that more of us will be definitely doing more of this year, I imagine. Sometimes, however, people see Christmas as an opportunity to take advantage of some extra time off work and go somewhere unexpected. It certainly used to be, before I had the kids, it used to be my opportunity to go on a a big long haul holiday. And I've been lucky enough to spend Christmas in Australia, in Fiji, in India, in Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Argentina and other places I can't quite recall. I realise like I'm showing off about the places that I've been, but, um, you know, I've stayed closer to home definitely recently, maybe going to uh, to Spain. And uh, novelist Victoria Hislop, she spent Christmas one year in Cuba. And although she'd done all the cultural stuff in Havana and all the beautiful cities we've got in Cuba, she had to admit that the beach areas in Cuba weren't quite what she had anticipated. I'm Victoria Hislop. And I'm a novelist. And a few years ago, We went to Cuba for Christmas, which was an extraordinary experience and a wonderful experience. And actually for Christmas Day, I had made this unilateral decision uh, that we should stay in a hotel on the beach 
So no culture that day, it wasn't in Havana, it wasn't in Trinidad or any of the really interesting atmospheric places. And I booked a hotel and I actually have erased the name of the resort and the name of the hotel uh, from my mind. So it could have been absolutely anywhere. It was an anonymous five-star but rather tacky um, hotel where all the music is what we call lift music. Uh, And on Christmas Day, all the mostly Canadians just sat in the swimming pool with Father Christmas hats on and pina coladas. And my then teenage children were just furious with me because, quite rightly, you know, they said, this could be anywhere. Why are we here? And it was very hot. And somehow the heat, the beach, the pina coladas, the Father Christmas hats, it was just a total disaster. For many people, Christmas is about spending time with family and friends, but it's also often focused on what we eat and drink. Here's baker Cynthia Stroud with Memories of Nigeria. Travel blogger and content creator Yulanda Shed the Sagaday getting tipsy in Colorado. And Ella Al-Shamahi, archaeologist and stand-up comic and star of Channel 4's new show Exploring the Amazon, talking about some jellied fish in Poland. Hi, I'm Cynthia Stroud. I'm a baker and a TV judge. And uh, my earliest memories of Christmas were just full of noise and laughter and, you know, what feels like hundreds of people. Because growing up in Nigeria, Christmas wasn't, you know, Christmas is not really uh, centred on gifts or, or, or anything like that. In fact, we didn't really do Christmas presents. But what we did do was with the families, you know, uh, split all over the country, you know, different parts of, of, of the country. And also a lot of the family, being, people made a point of visiting, uh, you know, the family home at Christmas. So I'd get to see my cousins I hadn't seen all year. I'd get to see aunts and uncles. So for Christmas breakfast or even going to church on Christmas Day, there'll be up to about 40 of us. And, um, you know, you can imagine what mealtime was like. There would literally be like barbecues going, great big vats of food being cooked, children everywhere. And now having grown up with my grandparents, almost like as an only child, it was bliss because there was about eight children my age running around all over the place. And that would last from, you know, four or five days before Christmas through till after the new year. And there'll be fireworks and big bonfires. It was just the best time ever. I loved Christmas as a child. Hi, I'm Yolanda Shed Osakadei, and I'm a travel journalist, food culture uh, specialist that loves to create content. One of my favorite memories that involved Christmas is the time that I was seven years old in Denver, Colorado at my grandfather's house. And he tricked me into drinking vodka, saying that it was seven up. Well, I learned the hard way. He was like, Yanni, come over here. Um, take, take a drink. Have a, you want some 7-Up, girl? I said, yeah, granddaddy, I have some 7-Up. He's like, here, here, drink it on down. So I grabbed the cup, you know, I tip it back, and I could smell something was a bit off. But as I'm taking this big gulp, I'm like, you know, just, I'm like, granddaddy, this isn't, 
this is a seven out and he starts cackling so hard like this deep belly laughter and he's like oh girl he used to call me yanni but yanni he's like oh that's seven up girl that's seven up. i was like no that's not seven up girl, daddy he's like oh baby it's okay you gonna learn you gonna learn <laughs> I'm Ella Ashamahi and I'm a National Geographic explorer and a BBC and Channel 4 television presenter. I am an archaeologist, a paleoanthropologist and a stand-up comic. And a few years back, I used to spend most Christmases in Poland. And I will just say it was absolutely magical. But there was a lot of fish. <laughs> there was a lot of fish and a lot of jellied fish. And it was very confusing, basically. It's a it's an East European thing. They just they do a lot of like carp and jelly and God knows what else and jelly and it's just it's very unusual. But the thing is, it's actually some of it is quite yummy. They also do seventy percent alcohol out there as standard, which is deadly. But it's just bizarre. It's it's, it's but you know it was it was just so funny. But um, but also um, there's so much food on that table. That you, it's it's first of all culinary kind of experience, shall we say? Um, but some of it is just so delicious, and then others you're like, okay, we're going to try this now. <laughs> Another <laughs> bit of jellied fish. <laughs> just lots of jelly. It's just, but no, that's an Eastern European thing. I'm sure some of your your listeners who are Eastern European will have will have like be completely like, oh yeah, that's a blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, cool, cool, I've cool. I've done cool. quite a lot in Eastern Europe. I've had quite a lot of smoked fish. I don't know how much jellied fish. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a real Christmas delicacy. But it's interesting as well because I've got quite a few Ashkenazi Jewish friends, and suddenly you start seeing, you're like, oh, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> There were so many highlights of this year for the Big Travel Podcast, despite the world lockdown. One of them came early in March when I flew to Spain for three days, especially to interview comedian and star of BBC's Strictly Come Dancing, Bill Bailey. My editor Alex and I had what would be a very memorable time watching Bill perform and then meeting him for lunch the next day beneath the cathedral in Malaga city centre. We had wine and tapas with Bill and this actually became even more poignant in memory when just days later, Later, Spain and then the UK was plunged into lockdown and the world as we knew it completely changed. There were days when sitting in the family home in London and not able to see so many important people in my life or do many of the things I loved, I would think back on that lovely day with... I don't know, some longing, definitely a very, very bittersweet memory. Anyway, we had such a good time with Bill and his tour manager, Neil, over lunch that I actually forgot to ask Bill about Christmas. But I sent him a little message, and superstar as he is, even in the middle of dancing his socks off for Strictly Come Dancing in the run-up to Christmas, he sent me back this fabulous story of one of his most memorable and travelly, you know, I like to use the word travelly, I don't even think it's in the dictionary, one of his most memorable and travelly Christmases. One year we spent Christmas on a little group of islands in eastern Indonesia called the Banda Isles. And to get there, it's quite difficult. They're quite inaccessible even today. There's various ways you can get there. But we flew into Jakarta, uh, overnighted there, then flew to Makassar, which is the capital of Sulawesi, overnighted there, then flew to Ambon, which is the capital of the Moluccas, And then from Ambon, we got a ferry, which took about eight hours. So already it's quite a commitment to get to these islands. But you are rewarded with the most beautiful, lush, green, 
volcanic, serene group of islands, which uh, were part of the Dutch East India Company, and it's where a lot of nutmeg was cultivated. And even now, there's nutmeg plantations there. And on Christmas Day, uh, we spent the day on a little boat, a little hand-carved wooden canoe with a little outboard motor. And we took some supplies, and we went off round the island, found a little lagoon, snorkeled for a bit, got back in the boat, and carried on to one of the outer islands, a little island called Pisang Island, which just means banana island, because there's lots of banana trees on it, and very little else. There's one or two um, huts there, few people live there, but we basically had the place to ourselves. And as we approached the island, the boat just sort of glided over the water, which was like a mirror. It was crystal clear, all these kind of blues and turquoises in the water, beautiful reef and coral, every kind of fish, every kind of colour. And the boat got in as far as it could. We got out of the boat and waded through the shallows onto the beach, which was pure white sand ringed by palm trees. No one around. And so we sort of settled in on the beach and we realised it was Christmas Day. We would sort of make a bit of an effort. So we, uh, we made a TV out of driftwood. We got some bits of driftwood and sort of formed them into the frame, the outline of a TV screen. And we took turns acting out Christmas TV. You know, we had The Great Escape, Sound of Music, and, of course, The Queen's Speech. And... We played a few games. And instead of, you know, traditional Christmas dinner, all we had was some slices of processed cheese, a couple of loaves of white sliced bread, and some delicious green tomatoes. So <laughs> that year, Christmas Day, we sat on a white sand beach under the palm trees eating cheese and tomato sandwiches and to this day, it's, I think, one of my fondest memories of Christmas. In terms of the podcast, however, lockdown proved to find us a whole load of new listeners as we were featured on a lot of those if you can't travel, listen to this and best travel podcast lists, which helped us shoot up to number one again in the Apple charts here in the UK and also to a number one and other high spots in many of the 160 countries around the world we have listeners. So if you are a new listener because of that, hello, we are very happy to have you all on board. I mean, seriously happy. I can't tell you how happy. I was also very busy on TV and radio with travel news because although suddenly we weren't allowed to travel, there was an awful lot to say about travel news. I quickly recorded a lockdown special, my first ever remote recording, as previously I'd always prided myself for some reason on all my interviews being face to face. So I recorded with Paul Burge from the When in Spain podcast, who was locked down in Madrid, and Danielle Desir from the Thought Card travel podcast, who was in Connecticut on the east coast of the States. Here's Paul telling us all about a Spanish Christmas. Yes, rubbing it in as I won't be there this year. And also Danielle telling us why Christmas this year is going to be extra special for her. Hola, everybody. I'm Paul Burge, the producer and host of the When in Spain podcast, the show all about Spain, Spanish life and travel. 
Well, Christmas in Spain, it is epic. It seems to go on forever. Christmas really kicks off on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve, and runs right through until the 6th of January. In fact, in Spain, we kind of have two Christmases. It's actually Christmas Eve in Spain when most families sit down and have their big traditional Christmas meal. And that's quite late, normally about 10 o'clock at night. After the Christmas meal is a time when many families exchange a few presents. And the 25th Christmas Day in Spain is more like the Boxing Day that we know maybe in the UK. It's more of a chill-out day. You have another lunch, maybe using the leftovers from Christmas Eve. And it's a bit more low-key than the Christmas days that I'm used to. On the 28th of December, that's when Spain has its April Fool's Day. It's called El Día de los Inocentes. And that's when people play pranks and jokes on each other. Then, of course, you've got New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is a big deal here, but people normally spend it with their families and see the New Year's in at home with their family until midnight and then go out and party. Uh, the traditional thing to do here in Spain is to eat a grape for each chime of midnight, usually washed down with a few glasses of cava. I guess the most important day for Spaniards at Christmas time is actually on the 6th of January. It's called the Three Kings Day or Dia de los Reyes Magos and that's when most families actually exchange their big presents and of course it's an excuse for another big lunch. And the tradition on the 6th of January is to eat a cake called El Roscon. El Roscon is like a big round circular donut cake with candied fruit, sometimes filled with chocolate cream, sometimes with cream or sometimes with nothing. And inside the Roscon de Navidad is a little toy and whoever gets the slice with the toy in has to pay for the cake. Wherever you are in the world, despite the complicated situation with COVID-19, on behalf of me and the When in Spain listeners, I would like to wish you all a Feliz Navidad and Felices Fiestas. Hey there, my name is Danielle Desir and I am the host of the Thought Card Podcast, an affordable travel and personal finance show. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me back on today to share a bit about my Christmas coming up. So I am based in Connecticut, USA. It is about an hour and a half drive from New York City and also two hours from Boston. So I'm pretty much right in the center of those two big cities. And this Christmas is going to be really special because I am now a married woman. So I got married back in September and my husband and I decided that we are going to host our first Christmas dinner so very exciting, but also nerve wracking because everyone is asking me, so what are you going to cook? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm one of those people that's like, I'll actually go to your Christmas event and I'll bring the wine and the drinks, not necessarily the food. So this is going to be 360 degrees, very different from what I usually do. Also, we're definitely keeping our Christmas gathering very small and intimate. So really keeping it between like our parents and our grandparents if they feel comfortable with coming over to celebrate with us. Um, we also this year we got a Christmas tree, like a real Christmas tree. I have never had a real Christmas tree before. So that was really exciting to like go out to the farm and, and pick out a tree and bring it in the home and saw it down and put water in it. So we did a little decoration last night. 
So that was really, really cool and really fun. So I think between trying to figure out what we're going to eat for Christmas dinner and also making sure that everyone who comes feels comfortable and safe is the you know priorities for us. And I'm really excited. There's really no news from the Connecticut state about like any further lockdowns or things like that. So I'm hoping that it'll stay that way and we'll be able to have our small gathering and maybe we'll even get some snow on Christmas Day. That would be really, really exciting. All right. Thanks again and Merry Christmas to all. We were fast approaching our hundredth episode and having thought long and hard about how to celebrate this, one really wonderful guest sprang to mind. Some of you might know that before David and I had our two boys, I had five miscarriages and we made a documentary about this called First Heartbeat for TLC UK and Discovery International and it went all around the world and you know I still often get emails from people now asking about my miscarriage experience and, and could I advise them or help them in any way. I'm always happy to hear from anyone by the way so do get in touch if you have any questions about that. But my miscarriage specialist, Mr. Hassan Shahata, made the perfect guest, especially as not only did we talk about his work as a miscarriage specialist, but also the time he spent in Sudan as a political prisoner. It really is a jaw-dropping episode. If you haven't managed to listen to episode 100, do find it. It's a bit of a tearjerker and a pretty amazing story. Anyway, here's a Christmas memory from Sudan from my lovely doctor, Mr. Hassan Shahata, whose family would hire the Khartoum equivalent of the Beatles to sing at their party. I'm Dr. Hassan Shahata. I'm a consultant, obstetrician and gynecologist. I work in London and I live in Surrey and I specialize in looking after couples with recurrent miscarriages. So I come from Khartoum in Sudan and my mother birthday is 25th of December. So we used to celebrate her birthday and Christmas on the same day. And we used to have an amazingly big party. Uh, my father uh, was very close to a very famous singer called Abdel Karim al-Kabli. And, and Abdel Karim al-Kabli is like, ooh, it's like, uh, uh, can't, can't to compare here, it's probably like the, at the level of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in, 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 in the UK. So it's very, very well-known singer. And it became the kind of the tradition that he, on the 25th of December, he's booked with us to sing in, uh, in our party. And I remember when I was quite young, I think I was about 10, and we, we have, um, so there was drinking um, of alcohol at the time, although it's a Muslim country. And I remember my grandfather asked me to be in charge of the uh, alcohol serving um, so what I did is that every remaining bit of that glass I used, I was drinking. So when people leave it at the end, so I will go and change the glass, I will drink it. And I think by about a couple of hours into the party, I crashed out and became drunk at the age of 10. And uh, so that's a story that I think all my brothers and family members still remember and laugh about it. So that was kind of quite funny. But uh, it was an amazing party because we get lots of people from, uh, from, from family and friends and there will be dancing and disco and it's a huge, huge party. It's interesting because I haven't had such a big Christmas even when I came to the UK because that was really huge. Um, um, so we try to, we love Christmas here because we love to you know, sit on TV and watch the tradi traditional stuff and, and eat the traditional food. But we've had few Christmases as well when we went to Dubai and so on. But nothing beats that. Um, cartoon Christmas, I have to say. 
I finally managed to get out of my tiny little area of London that I've been exploring in lockdown back to my beloved Spain in, in early July. And wow, it was amazing to be back in Spain. I can't tell you how crazy it was to like drive to the airport and get on a plane when you just hadn't been barely anywhere in, you know, in three months and arriving in Spain. I mean, it was different. We had to wear masks down the street all the time and there were some restrictions, but it just felt amazing to be there in the sunshine and also with my parents and just uh, friends and lots of people that I care about. It was lovely. And we managed six and a half weeks there, only coming back a couple of weeks early as the quarantine rule came into being in the UK. And we had to factor in two weeks of isolation before the children started their new school in Brighton. I was asked to be on Channel 5 one day when the news came out about the quarantine changes. And also on at the same time was Laura Hamilton, the presenter of A Place in the Sun. Knowing she was just down the coast from me, I messaged Laura to say, hello, I'm down the coast, let's have a coffee. And we arranged to meet the very next morning and I recorded it for the podcast. So excuse the background coffee noise. We were actually outside on a terrace in a coffee shop just outside the church square in, in Fungarola. Beautiful sunny day, having a lovely coffee and a chat. Um, so do excuse the noise, but it was wonderful to be chatting face to face with someone again. And Laura and I could have honestly spoken for hours. So here is the lovely Laura telling us how fabulous she has found Christmas, where I usually spend Christmas too, on the Costa del Sol. I'm Laura Hamilton and I am currently sat near Plaza Constitution in Fuengarola. And I love coming to Spain. Spain is somewhere, my home, my second home. I spend many Christmas and New Year's here. I was here this time last Christmas. And one of my favourite things is being able to enjoy a bit of sun and a bit of snow. Um, Not many people know that you can ski in Sierra Nevada mountain range in Spain. And I love it. My kids started skiing with my husband and I there a couple of years ago. We can't wait to go back. I have to admit to sometimes being a bit distracted and not always remembering to ask my guests about Christmas for the Christmas special. I mean, bearing in mind this is often months and months in advance and I'm lining them up for Christmas. Sometimes I forget. And I usually go to interviews with no notes to remind me. I do do research, don't get me wrong, but I kind of, I don't normally need to take notes. I just sort of hold it in my head after I've done my research. So some of the guests we've had this year are not here on the Christmas special and I'm very sorry not to have been able to include them. For my last three guests of the Christmas special, we have Samantha Kelly from Galway in Ireland telling us what she loves about an Irish Christmas. We have the wonderful Lem Cisse. His interview was another one of the highlights of the year and he's talking about the Christmas dinners he organises for children leaving care settings from all over the country. People who otherwise might not have had a great Christmas. And also some very wise words from Rachel Gotto, who's a coach and hypnotherapist. And she's talking about how Christmas can sometimes be a difficult time of year and how we can hopefully make this a little bit better. Hi, my name is Samantha Kelly, otherwise known as the Tweeting Goddess, and I love my Irish Christmas, crisp, frosty mornings, turkey, ham, stuffing sandwiches for weeks afterwards, (laughs) lovely roast potatoes, a turf fire, the wind howling outside and a cup of tea. Happy Christmas. My name's Lem Say. I'm a poet, a memoirist, a writer. I, at Christmas, uh, help to organise with others all over uh, England, um, actually all over the United Kingdom. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I'll let it sit. It's fine. Carry on. 
My name's Lem, I'm a poet. At Christmas, I help organize with hundreds of others the Christmas dinners for people who have been in children's homes, foster cared, or, or even adopted. Um, it's difficult sometimes for them post 18, between the age of 18 and 25, because their memories of Christmas are not always great. In fact, sometimes Christmas could be the worst day of the year because it's a reminder of everything that they have never had. And so to reverse that, we put on a Christmas dinner where they get great presents, have brilliant food made by top chefs in a wonderful venue, and the whole thing is just to celebrate them so that they can have a memory next year of a good Christmas. I'm Rachel Gossos. I'm a keynote speaker, coach, clinical hypnotherapist, author, and lover of hens and Prosecco. And Christmas is an unusual time for me. I've never really gelled with Christmas, I must say. I've always had this wonderful expectation that it's going to be something that makes me feel magical. And often on the day, I feel pretty let down and flat. So what I always try and say to myself is that really, and I mean this genuinely, that if we're so, so, if we try so hard, every day can literally be Christmas. And I try and make every day into Christmas. So when the day actually comes, I'm just celebrating every day anyway. And there's nothing too much out of the ordinary because I feel that people get lifted up and then it comes down. And I think that it can be something really, really beautiful if we understand that actually it's a time of the year when um, nature is going into hibernation. It's a time of the year when, you know, the, the days are shorter. And I love the old, I think it's the Finnish thing, where the Christmas tree is about inviting the spirits into the house. And so that's another thing that I like to think of is that actually it's, it's part of the solstice time. It's a part of renewal of the planet. And that's how I like to look at Christmas as opposed to one day where it can be made, made or broken so quickly. I, I, I wouldn't um, put all my energy into Christmas personally. I think that the whole winter season can be turned into something very special and nurturing. Like Rachel said, even at the best of times, Christmas can be an emotional time for some people. And I, for one, choke up every time I hear certain Christmas pop songs. I just cannot even get through them all without having a, a, a tear in my eye. And I think about those who are no longer with us. And I do find Christmas very, very nostalgic in a way. Happy memories too, of course. But I think it's a useful reminder, uh, if we need a reminder, uh, which we probably don't. But it is a reminder that we all do need to take care of each other and look out for our loved ones and friends and appreciate time together something that has really really been hammered home to us this year I feel I certainly have had a dramatic life change this year and I'm busy settling into my new normal alongside the world's new normal too so thank you so much for being with me on this journey I look forward with the big hope that we'll have a really really good 2021 happy Christmas from me Lisa and all at the big travel podcast 
Hi, this is Alex George. I'm the editor of the Big Travel Podcast. And I just want to say a very Merry Christmas to all the listeners. And of course, especially to Lisa Francesca Nand, who doesn't get the plaudits that she deserves throughout this pandemic, this crazy year of 2020. She still worked hard on interviewing some fabulous people and getting the podcast out to you listeners each and every week. So I just want to say a special thank you to Lisa and a very Merry Christmas. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.